When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Showtime. This is obviously a, a, not an easy decision for any of the parties involved to come to. Uh, you will not hear me, nor do I suspect anyone with the organization, to share with you anything negative about Ricky Renteria. It's the Windy City Podcast. The Chicago White Sox have moved on from Ricky Renteria. I had been hearing since the season ended, and even before that, that perhaps there could be a managerial change, that Ricky Renteria was Doug Collins in White Sox pants. Point A to point B, and the White Sox were going to look for their point B to point C guy. I feel terrible for Ricky. Four years with the White Sox, first-class guy. Story from the first year that the White Sox were on WGN. It's Mother's Day. The White Sox are playing at Wrigley. And I'm doing the pre and post White Sox weekly, whatever I was doing that day. And so my idea was, let's go and get a bunch of Mother's Day clips from different guys. Hey, how did your mom help you get to this position in life? And how did she, did she take you to the park? And did she play catch with you? That type of stuff. And then it comes to the manager's meeting. And I think I'm going to ask Ricky the same thing. Hey, Ricky, how did your mom help you become Ricky Renteria? Well, Ricky's mom had passed away a month earlier. And I had forgotten about that. I was, I was just thinking about getting my piece done. So we get in the huddle. And I say, Ricky, you know, Mother's Day tomorrow, you know, how was your mom helpful to you to be letting you become a big league ball player and you know, ultimately a manager now? And he paused and his eyes welled up and he just said she was special or something like that. And then he leaves the press conference, the dugout chat before the game, maybe one minute into it. And David Haw from the score, and I think the trip at the time is like, great job, Carm. And here I'm just starting with the White Sox, and I just really want everybody to like me. And I just made the manager tear up about his mom around Mother's Day. So I felt terrible about it, obviously. And then I went to Ricky about a month later. I mustered up the courage to go and say, hey, you know, I'm really sorry. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Not, not, not at all. You do not owe me an apology at all. And then he gave me a great interview, and you know that's just one anecdotal moment. But always, always a class act. And I think that if the White Sox could name it, they would have had Ricky be there when and if and hopefully when they win the World Series. But they also looked at it like, okay, we have a really good team. We could use the best manager in the business 
And there's a lot of good ones out there. We keep on hearing A.J. Hinch, A.J. Hinch, A.J. Hinch, A.J. Hinch. Alex Cora is available too, but I think it's going to be A.J. Hinch. I'm betting on A.J. Hinch. And the Tigers are out there looking for a manager too, and maybe they're talking to A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora, and the White Sox don't want to get left behind. That's on the table. So maybe they felt like they had to move now, and maybe they watched the way the year ended, and it just, despite starting poorly and then getting super hot, once you get to the best record in the American League and you're the number one seed, to fall to the seventh seed, not great. And then to lose the series after you're up a game and up in game three, also not great. And Rick Hahn saying in his press conference today that that flight home from Oakland was awful quiet. So I'm sure it felt like there could be managerial change in the air, and we have that change now. But I will, I'm never going to say that Ricky Renteria was the greatest manager that I've ever seen, but I also would say there's a lot of not-so-great managers that won World Series. Could they have won it with Ricky? I don't know. We're never going to find out. Can't really fault the White Sox, though, for wanting to go out and get the best guy. At the same time, feel a little bad for Ricky. Feel a lot bad for Ricky. Like, it's one thing to manage the Cubs for a year. Here he's been with the White Sox, you know, as a bench coach for one year and as a manager for four. I mean, these are, as he would say, his kids. I mean, he really, 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 really cares. So that just sucks. And you're bringing in a guy, potentially, at least an A.J., who cheated to win the World Series. Not saying we don't second chances are okay. I get it. Uh, but, and maybe he, I don't exactly know what A.J. was doing and all that, but just on the surface, like, here's your guy. He helped you, He helped everybody grow. And now you're bringing in this dude from the outside who hasn't put in any of the time, and he's going to get to reap the rewards. It's really not how life should go. But sports and sports business Tough business. Dog, eat, dog, eat, dog, get best manager, win World Series. See you later, Doug Collins. See you later, Ricky Renteria. Phil Jackson wins six titles. And hopefully whoever's coming in here, A.J. Hinch or whoever, wins one title, two titles, whatever it will be uh, with this group on the south side. Uh, On that note, let's bring in Scott Merkin, MLB.com. I mean, man, Merk. As we get the man who's covered the team for nearly 20 years, let's get his opinion on what went down today. Merck on the Windy City right now. Merck, were you surprised when you got the news that the White Sox were moving on from Ricky? Uh, very much so with the one caveat that, you know, you would think that the season ended, what, October 1st, I believe, right? That, that Thursday. Okay. So we're talking 11 days for the season wrap press conference. And, you know, you figure something is going – I mean, I know some people hypothesize that maybe they were waiting to make sure Crochet was okay. But, you know, I, I get that Rick hasn't had to deal with this. Rick is, you know, in the rebuild, and during his time as GM, they haven't had to deal with a postseason season wrap. It usually comes that final week of the regular season. But it just seemed a little weird to me, and maybe there was just a perfectly normal explanation that it was, you know, 11 days in, and it's finally, we finally had the season wrap. So you kind of thought maybe there was something under consideration because of that. You know, when I got the email yesterday, which they sent out to everybody that uh, right. Rick, Rick Hahn's talking tomorrow at 11, I, st- I did not call you, Mark, because it was Sunday, and I know that's your 
fun day and you're just having a great time doing whatever you do in Merkland. But I started poking around. I was actually watching the sad, sad injury of Dak Prescott on TV. Oh, that's... Not, the poor, poor great kid. Hope he gets better very soon. Absolutely. That that sucked. Um, prayers up for Dak that he gets back to being Dak. But, yes, 100%. But I, great leader. Great kid. 100%. And, uh, and by, but then one thing on Dak, too. People are like, oh, no, he missed out on his money. Dak Prescott is making $31 million this year, which is about $30 million more uh, than me and Merck will ever make combined in our lives. He's going to be okay financially, but it still sucks. And, yes, uh, I don't know football players actually i gotta correct you just 15 more than i'll make in my life <laughs> oh, there we i don't want to brag i don't want to brag or anything the, but there I you shouldn't even brought that up the, but you know i love it mark i didn't know you were <laughs> I, get it, I get it on the ground floor of a few investments so i have some money saved good for you mark good for you i'm, I'm proud of you uh <laughs> Thank you. so all right here okay back back to but i started poking around is my point like right. th- does anybody know anything here because this seems like it's uh perhaps Something big is going to happen, and I and I knew. Listen, at least what I had heard behind the scenes, Merck, is that there was some you know desire within the White Sox organization to perhaps move on from Ricky, which they did today, and that they needed to get Jerry on board. Had you heard something of that like liking? I had heard, really, to be honest with you, and maybe I didn't poke around as much as I should have, but I had heard. Very little about, you know, I, I will tell you this. I have spoken to Jerry in the past, you know, um, and I think everyone who has, who has come in contact with Jerry knows this to be true. He has nothing but the absolute highest respect for Ricky. And, you know, I, I think it does show that while Jerry is a very good guy, a very loyal guy, loves Ricky, you know, I, I believe Ricky had one more year in his contract. They don't really go into contracts with the coaches or the manager anymore. But he felt he let his people who were in charge do what they needed to do. And again, this isn't truly an indictment of Ricky as much as they feel like it was time to make a move to get to that next level. So fair enough. So I I think that that's a fair point. But to be honest with you, I had not heard. I I had thought maybe, just maybe there was going to be a pitching coach change. And again, nothing against Coop, but I thought maybe they just felt like it was time for a different direction. You know, the same principle as the Ricky move. But I was surprised. I really was. I mean, you know, he, let's face it, he took this team 35. I mean, we were talking about this today. I was talking about some other people. What if they win that game three against Oakland? Does that change their mind at all? What if they win against Oakland and then lose to, it would have been Houston the next round, right? So Houston, they lose in like four games, but four solid games. Does that change anything? You know, I mean, I I, I get, I I just, I I had not heard. I, I was really, when I saw that press release come out, what, like 40 minutes before, the press conference started with Rick. I was, you know, surprised. I was surprised that Ricky was not be. I, I, if this would have happened a year from now, I would not have been surprised. But you know, because that would have given him a full season to work with this team that clearly is on the cusp of something very good that already hit this year in the shortened season. But I was surprised today after you know, after this past year. Yep. And I, and look, I think one thing that well, there's a lot of stuff that you could really go into what Rick Hahn said today. But one thing was that you know objectively 35 and 25 and making the playoffs that's a good season but the way it ended and he talked about how it was on the plane ride home and they were the number one seed they had the best record in the American League they fall to seven they're up in the series against Oakland they're up in game three there was some curious moves that Ricky made in the Indian series, in the Oakland series, even throughout the year, 
So I, I think like what my understanding is like this had been building, but like Rick didn't want to put it all on what happened at the end of the year. So I'm sure they had their these conversations and these thoughts that maybe you're not the most strategic guy and, and they were aware of that well before the last two weeks. But I definitely think, Mark, to your point, like if they had beaten Oakland and if they had beaten the if they if they were to get by Houston, he'd still be the manager. I don't think there's any doubt yeah. about that. There, so of course it what happened at the end had an impact on on the way this went down. But let's be honest, I mean, and this is no shot. Well, I guess, you know, whatever, take it for what you want. I mean, it's not, it can't all be on Ricky, right? I mean. Of course. You know, and it, let's look at the example. Carlos Rodon, you know, is, is a very talented kid who just hasn't hit his stride completely, you know, nonstop during any of the seasons he's been with the White Sox. So, okay, is it the best usage of him when the, when the poor guy has not, well, poor guy, I mean, he's, you know, getting paid to do a job there and getting paid pretty well to do a job there, but when he is not, Pitched in relief since 2015. Is it the best usage to put him in with the bases loaded in a game you need to win to what would have been ultimately been winning the division, right? No, probably the best usage. But again, I don't think Rick Ricky operates in a vacuum. Ricky does not strike. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it doesn't strike me as a type that if Rick or Kenny came to him and said what was going on there, I don't think Ricky would say, "Get out of my office. I'll do what I want." You know, I, I think this is a group thing, and they chose. They made an organizational decision. After talking to some players, too, they told us before the trade deadline, not to just get a, a big bump for this year or maybe this year and next year by trading away a key piece, you know, that could be long-term helping them. And, you know, there were opportunities to get Clevenger, which turned out was, you know, probably was not the worst move to avoid that, or Lance Lynn or something like that. And they didn't do that. Okay, so Ricky's got to go with what he has. You know, he had Dane Dunning and Dylan Cease as his third and fourth starter or whatever, you know, third – both three third starters and Ronaldo Lopez. Lopez has not had near the same production since his great 2018 season, not even close. And in that last start against the Cubs pretty much took him off any consideration for the playoff roster. Dunning and Cease both loaded with talent, a little different style of pitching. Cease couldn't find the strike zone consistently. And Dunning, you know, didn't finish strongest, but you didn't have a guy in the third spot that you could even you know, forget about, you know, the one inning thing that he didn't make it out of the first, but that you couldn't lay down there and say, this is a four inning guy. We're going to get four innings. I, yeah, I mean, remember when the Indians went to the uh, World Series in 16? That, I, Ryan Merritt, right, was the left-hander who pitched. And he was, you know, relatively unknown, but he gave them like three or four innings. And then you could set up your bullpen with Andrew Miller for two innings and get it to Cody Allen and win the game. They didn't even have that in game three. So you can't put that on Ricky completely. You can't say Ricky needs to suddenly make Dane Dunning, who will be very good in the future, but right now, make Dane Dunning a guy who's going to give you four or five innings and get you into that. And, you know, Aaron Bummer, one of the best relievers in the American League, absolutely. Aaron Bummer also was not the Aaron Bummer when he came back as the Aaron Bummer the year before, only because he had been injured for so much time. So he had not been pitching nearly as much. So people criticize him for using him early. Well, I mean, you got to go with what's the best thing for you at that time. And Bummer made sense. Yeah, I mean, was he perfect in that game? No, but I mean... There's very few managers in the history of baseball, including managers who won championships, that go through their tenure without, you know, getting criticized for bullpen usage at some point. Because ultimately, it's on the players to execute, and if they don't execute, then it's, you know, it's on the the manager gets blamed. And I get that he got some lineup construction, uh, lineup construction criticism, but I mean, again, Edwin Encarnacion, great guy in that clubhouse. A number of young players talked about what a good influence he was. He didn't hit this year, though, right? He hit 169, 179, and drove in 19 runs. I mean, that's not what Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams signed him for at the beginning of the year. 
And I mean, even Gio Gonzalez, who was supposedly, you know, a candidate for the fourth or fifth starter back when we had spring training in February and March, you know, was hurt at the end and was unable to help. So, I mean, I'm not absolving Ricky, not that he needs my absolution or my, you know, approval, but there were some good moments for him. But I mean, you can't, just like you can't put all the goodness in August when they were hitting 54 home runs as Ricky's great managing, you can't say that the shortcomings at the end were all on Ricky. That makes no sense to me. Right. No, I, I get it. And listen, uh, I, I mean, I, it's interesting to me that I think on the surface of, of I think on the surface here, Mark, they, they're looking at it like they're in their championship window. Rick said that today. Is he the absolute possible best manager we could have for the team? And they came to the conclusion that no, he's not. So we're going to go all in on trying to win a World Series and bring in the best guy possible. And that, I wrote about that today that I think it's it's a change in the organization, and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone who's done this job before, but it's, I don't want to say Ricky and Cooper, the status quo, but they know their window. You, you've seen it. it. It's very tough. You know, Rick has the great line about winning multiple championships. Well, that's a tremendous line, but it's impossible. It's, it's darn near impossible to repeat these days, right? I mean, it really is. I mean, we've seen great Houston teams, great Cub teams. For God's sake, great Dodgers teams haven't won anything yet, you know? And they won one World Series, and it takes a lot out of you just to win that one. Ask anyone from that 2005 team, and what happened in 2006, you know, it takes a lot out of you to win that one, but they realize the window is only open for so long, you know, and an injury here or there can close that window ever so slightly. So instead of saying, like you just said, Mark, let's go after it in, in 2021, see what he can do. They're saying, okay, we like the guy. We like Coop. They've done great work for us, but we feel in this next step, you're right. It, it's, there's a better guy suited for that. And let's not wait any longer and let's make the move right now. And for the record, I get what they're doing, and it sucks. Like, Ricky paid his dues here. He's been here for four seasons. He helped nurture Tim along. He helped nurture Lucas along. I know he's not the pitching coach, but he gets at least some credit there. He helped nurture Yoan Moncada along. There's a long list of guys who have gotten better under his tutelage and under his positive, yet at times, like, he would get on Moncada for not – he'd pull him out of games. He did a yeah. lot. Of, he did a lot of stuff to try to make these guys be the their very best. And in a utopian world, I think the White Sox would say this too. They would want they would want him to reap the rewards for what he's put in. And Rick did say again today too that he'll be a part of what they get down the line. So it just sucks. And like, okay, you're gonna and I keep hearing AJ Hinch, Merck. And let's just say for argument's sake, it, it's AJ Hinch. And he's a right. very very smart guy and a good manager. And he's gonna be good with the media and all that type of stuff. But you're you're getting rid of like the all time good guy for a dude who cheated to win the World Series. I mean, it it doesn't that there's it it feels a little bit off. And I'm not saying that people don't deserve second chances in life, but that's right. that, that's that's not a real feel good story right there. No, I get it. I get it. And I think you know what will erase the feel good part of it is if they win. You know, if they start winning, I think people are going to very quickly forget about what happened. And, you know, again, I, I think they did what they did. It wasn't right. It was found out. It was, you know, both him and Alex Cora, who I'm guessing is going to be a managerial candidate for not just the Sox, but a lot of teams that will have an opening come, you know, post-World Series. They're very good managers for all intents and They seem like very good guys that made mistakes. We all make mistakes. They were punished. They didn't, you know, they were suspended this whole season. And, you know, you can't hold it against them for the rest of time. Now, I, you know, I think Ricky – You'll be hard-pressed to find a classier guy than Ricky. I've had some great talks about not just baseball stuff, but yeah, baseball stuff. When, when I had a uh, 
I had a herniated disc in 2018 that caused me to miss all spring training. Literally every series in that season, he'd start by asking me how my back is. And he's just a good dude overall. You know, I, I don't think he was, I think one of the things that maybe hurt him a little bit, not that I think he really cared about it. I don't mean it in a bad way, but he wasn't great in the media at kind of expressing the controversial stuff, you know, or talking about kind of the issue stuff of what happened in the game. He was good if you needed him to talk about kind of like a feature question, like what makes Tim Anderson so good? Why is Jose Abreu such a good leader? But I just felt like he didn't want to go into detail about what his decision, you know, you'd get the thing about you'd ask him, you know, what's the plan for that next year? He's like, well, I don't want to give too much information away. And you'd kind of leave that laughing a little bit because, you know, teams have nothing but information these days. I don't know if what Ricky says was going to, change the output of what, you know, the right. uh, Cubs or Indians or Twins are preparing for. But, you know, that not everyone is going to be, you know, I, I don't think he disliked the media. I just felt like he had other things to do besides being, you know, the greatest quote in the history of baseball. But again, maybe that all feeds into the time for the change. But there's no, you'll get no argument from anyone who knows that man. What a, just a great dude he is. Yeah. Great individual. No question about it. So I want to ask you about one tweet, and Merck, I always appreciate the time. The, you're getting six times the pay today, not not four times wow. the pay. Yeah, yeah, wow. Now, now, now we can get I can get even closer to the uh, <laughs> the thirty one million dollars with that. Dallas Keuchel tweets out today at one thirty five in the afternoon, which is two hours after Rick uh, Hahn started his press conference. Big things ahead for the White Sox! Three exclamation points. It's not really normal on the day that your manager gets fired that you would ju- jump on a tweet like that, but he did. Do you read anything into that? Well, I think it's it's used to it's funny because I used to talk about how some of the worst fights I've had with like girlfriends who became ex girlfriends were via IM because you you never knew back. Remember IM? Remember uh, sure AOL instant messaging because you never knew the tone of what the message was. So I, I think I don't think he was saying let's celebrate because there's a change. I think he was just saying in general. And it's what he said at the end of the year. It's what Yasmani Grandal said near the end of the season. They believe there really is big things ahead for the White Sox. I, I, I'm taking it not to mean that, hey, now that we made these changes, big things ahead. I think he was saying, you know, hey, we lost these guys. It's sad. They put in a lot of work for us. They're great guys. But don't worry. There still are big things ahead for the White Sox. And, you know, it's only going to get better from here. This is just the beginning type of thing. That, that's how I took it, at least. Yeah, and you're probably right. I'm sure it wasn't personal, I wouldn't think. But it's still kind of an odd tweet to put out at me. Well, I mean, he, you know, he's, a, he's an experienced guy. He's won a World Series title. He was the one who spoke up after that game in Detroit where they really played poorly. And I think it dropped him to 8-9 and nine after that loss. And he was on the mound and out on the field during that. And, you know, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know anything past that, except I think that he's played enough and, you know, put enough time that he's not afraid to kind of go out there and, and make some comments. But I don't think he was celebrating someone not being there anymore. I think it was more about, you know, here's what happened. We're sorry to see him go. They did a great job for us. You know, pause. And, by the way, there still are great things ahead for this team. All right. Fair enough. Last, last one here. What did sure. you m- make of the – you know, this was a mutual decision. I thought Sully did a good job in asking questions. Like, I'm a little con- very good job. <laughs> I'm a little confused by that, Rick. Like, and I, I, I here, here's my understanding of it. Like that he explained it to Ricky, and Ricky understood where the socks were coming from. But it's certainly not. It's not like Ricky didn't want to manage this team. I mean, it, no, there's, there's no, no way. I, I don't even remember, but in that game three against Oakland. 
I actually asked him about the plans for next year, you know, how soon you'll start thinking about it. And he actually got emotional, which he didn't really do too often during his, was it four year time, right? Uh, yeah, four years. Well, one year is one year as bench coach and then four years as manager. You know, so I kind of at that point even thought is something up. Now, people have told me they thought it was probably just a reaction to the emotion and the stress of this crazy season, you know, which was 60 games, probably felt like 180 to most of these guys who were involved with it. But, yeah, I, I think it was just – but, yeah, I, I, you know, without talking to him directly, I can tell you that Don Cooper didn't – when they told him we're going in a different direction, he didn't, he didn't tip his hat and say, thanks, everyone, good seeing you, you know here's where you can forward the check to or something like that. I'm sure he didn't, you know, throw a table over either, but I'm sure he didn't say like, oh yeah, good call. And I'm sure he's like, I feel like I can absolutely, I, I know for a fact, you know, from talking to him in spring training and throughout the last couple of years that it was no fun for them to go through the redo, but they understood what was going on and he could not wait until they got to this point. So I don't think now that there's a little taste of it that he was like, yeah, I totally understand where you're going. It's, it's all right. good now, you know? So obviously that's more of a kind of, position change speak and you know i think kind of respect for those guys you know but obviously it was just a time for change and like you said they it was probably explained to them and they understood and they understood it's part of the it's part of the business i mean don cooper's had an amazing run he's he's been pitching coach i believe for what four different managers right jerry manuel ozzy Guillen, robin ventura ricky renteria yep and he was his own pitching coach in 2011 for the last two games of that season when he managed when ozzy left to to go to florida so he's had a good run you don't see coaches make it through that man, that many managerial changes unless like Rick Hansen said today you're evolving and changing with the times and doing the job so yeah I, I think you know every one of us that's experienced a job coming to an end before we liked it would not say whether we understood or not would not say it was a mutual parting obviously no I would not say that about 610 sports radio in Kansas City I would say it was absolutely positively unmutual and I wanted to kill them <laughs> But <laughs> well, I, well, that's a different that's a different approach to take too. See, everyone's got their own reaction, Mark. <laughs> I've gotten over it here. It's only taken about eight years, but I feel better well, now. Yeah, Mark, you're the best, and I got to tell you, I never asked you how your back was feeling during the 2018 season, and I was very much doing White Sox Weekly. So I want to apologize and call myself out for being not even one tenth of the compassionate man that Ricky Renteria was. But uh, I'm assuming your back. No, yep, yep. <laughs> it, it's good. I had a I had an epidural and I've done some exercises, lost some weight, uh, and just got it back. And you, you never know with backs. You know, backs can be there one day, and then you know, a, a month later, you you tie your shoe the wrong way, and there it goes again. But yep. I wasn't calling you out inadvertently. I was saying what a <laughs> actually genuinely good dude Ricky Renteria is, and that should be that should be remembered at all times yeah. about Ricky. Yeah, and for sure. And I and I know you weren't, but I I was feeling like. Jeez, Carm, you could have asked. Maybe you could have asked. Said well, something. yeah. Now, now I am a little disappointed. I got yes. now that you brought it up. Right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking back to 18 and thinking about the chances you had and uh, just never had, never materialized. Right. I mean, all the times I asked you to come on White Sox with you, think one time, how's your back, Mark? Jesus, Carmen. Yeah. Freaking guy. I, I might have been doing the interview through pain, and right. you still right. had no, no compassion there whatsoever. Well, no, what can you do? Nothing. Just, just living for me. Like, like you don't, you're not even there. You're just there to, to just to be on White Sox Weekly. That's terrible. <laughs> hey. Mark, as, you're as, the... I, as I brace myself to stand up just to get the phone, that's just to get on White Sox Weekly. Mark, you're the best. Thanks for being on to Wendy and uh, crazy day, but uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get you on because I, I, you're you're in the thick of it always, Mark. So I appreciate it. All right, take care. Thanks. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.